Welcome to Questions We're Afraid to Ask. All right, everybody, we are back. We're here again. Episode 13 is what this will be, which is crazy. Crazy that we've gotten to episode 13. We appreciate everybody out there listening to us. Um, it's I don't even know where to go. It's crazy that that this is happening. So we're we're all over the place. We've got we've got Facebook, we've got Twitter, we're we're we've got a Discord server, we've got what else do we have? We're on Minds. So Minds is a new social platform that Bob Ottman sounds right was on Rogan talked about it. So I, I, we're on there playing around. Uh, we've got a Patreon right now. We've got the three dollar help us out. We're getting started plan. Um, that's what it recommended. It said three dollars. So we're 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 gonna put another one on there. We're gonna get a a, a bigger one. We're gonna start doing post interview breakdowns and things like that. That'll be on there exclusively. But yeah, for when now, we that's have more content have. to offer, we will we will do more. We will offer more content. Um, but yeah, this is crazy. So. Thank you. Yeah, check it out. Do we have an Instagram yet? We do, but I don't have it posted. But everything's okay. at the on the in the links at the bottom. In the show notes. Check us yeah. out. We also yeah, are like and share to YouTube Subscri- now. We're also on YouTube. Yes. Yeah. We have a YouTube channel as well. Um, and the YouTube, you can see some of the video. So, and so you can. Which see is our- also on Spotify. If you go through the Spotify it? app, okay. it's awesome. it's through. You can get the video through there. Yeah. So. Awesome. Um, and I think it's important for this one that we give the date. It is June yes. 15th, 2023. And you'll understand why the date is important come out tomorrow. Yeah. And, and the reason the date is important is, is no crazy in-depth question. It's just UFOs, UAPs, however you def, whatever an acronym you use, what are they? Floaty things in the sky, man. Sometimes there the, the there's the underwater ones too. The the USO. There's the, anyway. the, the transmedium craft that can yeah, go between water and air without any real they lump some of the UAPs into. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there's this whole and we're you know even without getting into like aliens and other life and all that kind of stuff, just just what is being seen in the sky or under the water and how did we get there, right? So we, we so it's interesting to start this. Oh, go. We're both fascinated, but we both got here very differently. Yes. Yeah, so I want you to tell me how did you get into UFOs just in general, and, so, and where did your passion come from? The first like hard memory I can remember for UFOs uh, came from. Unsolved Mysteries, in which which was in the late '80s, early '90s, um, which was this show that they it was Unsolved Mysteries, mostly murders, uh, crimes, things like that, and they had a call-in number. But occasionally they do weird stuff like a Bigfoot or a thing or whatever. And they did a couple of UFO ones, and I remember there was a specific one, the Cash Landrum incident. Um, which we're not going to get into all the details other than it was in Texas, not very far from where I lived. In fact, I had driven down at some point the same road where this had happened 
So I was like, oh my gosh, that they're talking about places that I know. That's not far outside of Houston. And they're talking about helicopters out of Fort Hood. And I have family that lives right next to Fort Hood. So that was really interesting to me. The story was really interesting. And my grandma was fascinated with everything weird and sci-fi. And I remember going to her house and she had these wonderful Reader's Digest books. That There's a whole series of them on all kinds of strange phenomenon. Uh, but I remember looking at, she had like one general one that talked about all kinds of weird stuff. And it had a little section on UFOs. Then the UFO, the Continuing Enigma book was one of my first reads. And then I bought these two books because I watched the movie, the made-for-TV movie for this one, which was really creepy for a kid, Intruders. That's a very kind of dark story because it deals with alien abductions. It deals with women who would get pregnant and then the pregnancies would just vanish after an abduction and it talks about like potential alien hybrids and all that kind of stuff uh and so it gets real and i remember as like a 10 year old watching this going this is really not understanding this is really dark stuff but like that's i didn't have the words in my head to put it that way because i had never really thought about it that way but that's what it was and then this brad steiger book and what's interesting is both of these paperbacks within the last month I have found at a used bookstore and the, the Brad Steiger one, I had a dozen of his books cause he's published hundreds of them. But basically what he did is he went out and he interviewed people and wrote their stories down and he didn't judge them. He didn't make fun of them. He just reported what he was told and that's it. And this particular one, alien meetings, which was originally published in 1978. This is a first <laughs> printing um, that I found has a chapter that the first chapter talks about like all the possible things it could be, which is fascinating. And I remember thinking it was fascinating then. And a lot of these are still kicked around now. And some people talk about them like they're new ideas. So, and then it just went from there. Um, you know, I remember watching uh, Bob Lazar when he was all shadowed in the first real big interviews remember being at my grandma's watching Larry King live when she would have people who talked about this kind of stuff or when he had people who talked about this kind of stuff on because she watched a lot of that news stuff. And Larry King was one of the first reporters who really kind of like treated this like it might be real in a long time because this used to be a serious issue. Like it used to be like front page news, real reporting in the 50s. And it got kind of wacky, and they made fun of people, and they kind of they will, we'll, we can talk about that more later. Um, but that just started me down a weird rabbit hole, and I never stopped. Um, and it's it's kind of gone from there. If it's if it's UFOs, I'll watch it, even if it's <laughs> even if I don't finish it. Like if it's really bad, I'll start watching it just to kind of take a, a peek at it. Uh, but yeah, I love the I love the subject. And I, I came at it at a very, in a very different way. And again, we've talked about how I didn't watch the same amount of TV. So I didn't see yeah. a lot of the, the unsolved mysteries and any of that stuff. I came at it a bit of a different way. My, my dad worked in the air, in aerospace. He was, did graphics work and he met through the course of, of his work, John Schusler. Um, John Schusler has been on a bazillion UFO documentaries. He was one of the, 
think the founding members of the MUFON group, the Mutual UFO Network, or he was the director at some point. I forget he exactly. He was something big with it. Yeah. But he's a big deal in that sort of world. And so he would give my dad things and, you know, declassified documents. And so I, what I remember is my dad had a big filing cabinet and the third drawer I could open up. And it was just, you know, three feet of just you know, redacted documentation. And I didn't really understand it at that age. I was probably nine or 10 years old. And, and so I would just sort of flip through and see these, you know, hand drawn pictures of some pilot describing what a craft that he saw looked like, or, you know, so it was very, I sort of came at it for my non imaginary brain. I came at it the way I needed, which was data, just like facts and words Mm -hmm. and things. And so then I remember when X-Files came out, I was like, of course, because this was exactly what I had been seeing was hidden papers and documents. And so I remember going into X-Files being like, this is like as close to the documentary as it could be. And so I just always sort of felt like that is the that was sort of the the idea is that it's all hidden, but that we're. um, But we're just trying to, you know, but but now now. It's coming out, maybe. Well, so let's, let's talk about the recent history a little bit. You know, we had the 2017 article in the New York Times, which kind of put the real big crack in the wall of can we report on this seriously, right? Um, that was the the big Navy fighter pilots have been watching these things, and there's video to go with it from Navy jets recorded on you know declassified things that are measurable on the FLIR cameras there's the t- the tic tac one the go fast one and uh there's one, the, gimbal, the gimbal the gimbal yeah um, so david dude, yeah. lieutenant david fravor went on rogan did a whole three-hour mm-hmm. interview if you want to check it out i mean he's a yeah. very decorated liable resource you know yeah. and and what the thing that got me was not that, like, I went in and I said there's a UFO and I did this. It was I went in and filed a report that said there's stuff over there and we're going to hit it and we need to be yeah. careful. And that's that's not someone going in trying to, like, start a thing. He's like, there's stuff over there. And also the way he talks about how it just appeared when we updated the radar. It's not like it wasn't there before. They just weren't seeing it. And now they can pick it up on their radar. Yeah, now it was, I saw it, it almost hit us, and I got it on radar, and I got it on camera. And these are a flying hazard. And somebody who flies professionally in a way that most pilots don't, like a combat pilot does, who's used to danger... But they still everything to mitigate risk is saying like this is a hazard. This yeah. is a flight hazard. Right? That carries a lot of weight. It um, does. The same way there's a famous one uh with a uh Japanese seven forty seven flight uh in Alaska where they insisted on an, an emergency landing in Alaska because there were two or three UFOs zipping around and then one they said that was like 10 or 12 or 15 times the size of their airplane, and they thought they were going to get hit, and so they landed. You know, those kind of reports, these are people who are overly cautious and expert observers because they have to be. Um, 
So that that 2017 report kind of opened up the serious look at UFOs or UAPs, whatever you want to call them. I'm going to say UFOs because it's what I've known my whole life. Um, and then a little bit more has come out, a little bit more has come out, and then the Skinwalker Ranch show came out, which has um, Travis, the scientist guy, I can't remember his name right now, uh, but he works for NASA. He's in a lot of these shows. They bring him, they've brought him in as a skeptic for years, right? And he talks about physics and that kind of stuff. And he's gone from skeptic to open-minded something weird is happening. And we're not going to get into Skinwalker in this. But there are UAPs involved there. They've got them on film. They've got them showing up repeatedly. They have no idea what they are. But And, and the, the main scientist there, Tra- I wish I could remember his last name, Travis, um, has been part of a lot of this stuff. He was part of the US, UAP task force. And that has just come out. Um, They've presented documents to Congress. Congress just passed that defense authorization bill that requires the military to pony up the documents and let Travis us know what's Taylor. going on. Travis Taylor. Thank you very much. Travis Taylor. Um, and but I think the, I think the big the big takeaway here with what just happened, which was this this highly decorated, highly credible head lead investigator I think David for the Rush. UAP task force David he was Rush one of, he was one of the main investigators has um, basically gone to Congress and said on on penalty of perjury yeah which means if I'm lying I go to jail that yeah. I'm gonna come out and say that there is a ba- basically what he said is the Pentagon black programs exist we've got UFOs in our possession and they're lying to you. And, like and we've got like come 12 in front of, of these you and, things. Well, that was, that was later. That was later. That was, so that, that was, was later. That was a separate reporting by Michael Schellenberger that he had a group, uh, a series of high ranking individuals reach out to him. I don't know if this, he said he'd been working on this for three years. So I don't know if every single person who reached out to him was after the David, um, I lost his name already. After the um, new report, Grush. David Gross, Grush, um, or if some of those came previous, I, I, I don't remember. In the, but he had enough information to, to, to confidently say there are 12 of them. I mean, there could yeah. be more, but he can say there's 12. And, and the, the big thing that I liked from him is that when he was on, he was on the Hill talking about this is going, mm-hmm. look – we've got the receipts now. Like we know that these exist and I'm sure he's got a little bit more information about like what bases they're at. Maybe he, he has that sort of, but like, let's go, let's go knock on the door and figure this out because the military is a civilian run military. We, we run the military and you don't get to lie to us. Yeah. Yeah. And, and the other thing that I think is very important and there's been a lot of, there's been not a lot, I should say there's been criticism from, um, David Grush saying, well, why doesn't he tell us where they are? Well, he was put in charge or part of the people put in charge of digging this information up. And when he went and asked, he was told, no, we're not letting you see and we're not letting you in, even though he had a congressionally mandated job to do just that. So, no, he he can't just tell us where they are. He found out, I think, I don't. What he discovered was the recovery program, that yes. there was a 
recovery program, and then he tried to get read in on the recovery program and got told and was no. unable to. Yeah, yeah. and so. Yeah. I, I did hear the the guy on Rogan who I think had misunderstood what was going on, but he talked about it was how, all like, happening not, like right then that it was, day. Like yeah, I think it had just he was sort of saying like, look, you don't really get read in on everything, and and I understand that idea, but I think the idea was this guy should get read in on all of that stuff because he's investigating it, and that's how that that's yeah, how that's, that's the job, work. and and yeah. he he effectively got stonewalled by the bureaucracy, and the the key takeaway here is. This man resigned, gets nothing out, as, as there's no upside for him doing this. Yeah, he in resigned any way, his commission. That means like he's not yeah. going to get his retirement. He lost or his any security other, clearance. Yeah. He's lost his security clearance <laughs> and has gone to Congress and said, if I'm lying, throw me in prison as a felon. Yeah. So that I believe that's him. a big deal. Yeah. There is no reason not to believe the man at this point. Um, And, uh, you know, that that was reported originally on. um, Oh, what? uh, I'm blanking. Anyway, it it doesn't it it doesn't matter. I'll I'll think of it. Uh, The the Micah Hanks runs the the website and they've had to update their stuff. I'm not familiar with this. I'll, I'll, I, I listen to his podcast, so the Micah Hanks show. Um, okay. But it's it's an, it's we're we're right here on the edge. It feels like of this sort of potential for this to open up. You know, it, it, it it's going to come down to whether or not you know these these black book programs are able to keep people out and keep it hidden. I mean, it's. You know, I want to have faith that our Congress is going to be able to kick down the door and get in there. But, I mean, they've kept it. Theoretically, we're talking about this is since Roswell. Yes. Like, you know, so that got reported initially as a UFO. Let's just talk about that. They redacted. And and, and the headline was U.S. Army at the time it was still Army Air Force, U.S. Army Air Force has recovered a crashed UFO. That was the headline. That was the official headline until, regardless of what happened, the government covered it up and started lying to us. Yeah. That's where the lie started. Yeah. And, 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 and something happened. Maybe it was a Russian probe. Maybe it was Maybe it was an alien. Maybe it was something else. Who knows? Something came down, and then yeah. they and said it was a UFO, which meant unidentified flying object, and then object. went, that yeah. was nothing. Yeah. And the story that came out with afterward doesn't add up. The timelines don't add up, because I've read yeah. this and watched it at length, where they talk about dropping the little dummies um, as part of a project. And that didn't happen until almost ten years later. And it, it just the cover story is 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 crap. Um, we'll never know what really happened. Everybody's dead. Uh, Philip Corso said he investigated all that. Another military guy who came out. Now he wrote a book, and everybody went, "Well, he's trying to make money." But he was really old, and he died like two years later. So, you know, I, that feels more like a deathbed confessional. I want to I want to sidebar that idea for a second and and take us on a tangent for a second. 
I understand the skepticism of going after someone for trying to make money by writing a book. Like I, I understand yeah. that idea of like there are some people where you can look at it and think like, okay, they've taken this to a point where like this feels icky that they're trying to make money off of this mm -hmm. thing. But I also feel like, oh, well, they're trying to make money off of it sometimes is a really good way to dismiss someone. Yes. Because yes. if you really stop and think about it, if I had a bunch of information that I wanted to get out, what are my choices? Well, book, TV, movie, newspaper, they all make money. There isn't a way for me to get information that I have out mm -hmm. of my head into the world that doesn't involve a potential monetary return. Even this, like we have a podcast. It doesn't do anything now, but one day it could be. Rogan's got a podcast that makes him millions and millions of yeah. dollars. I don't think that was the plan. It just turned into a thing that made money. And so how – obviously, we need to look at everything with skepticism, but there's also yeah. the other half of that, and which some, is like let's not just disregard it because someone makes money. it hurts them. Uh, Whitley Strieber, uh, he wrote the book Communion, which has <laughs> the alien face on it that freaked everybody out. He was an up-and-coming successful author. And yes, that book sold a lot, but he also lost a lot of book deals and credibility because he said what happened to him. And he has talked about it at length, and he has never wavered on that. And Well, it's, and there's – I mean you've also got – It's not a got, pleasant story. Oh, what's his name? The – the big one you just mentioned it earlier, Bob Lazar. the rocket car, Bob Lazar. Thank you. Yeah, Bob Lazar. That's ruined his life essentially. Yeah, think you know, about now it. Either, either that is the longest con ever, and he's a government plant trying to put out some fake story, or dude legit saw something. Like it's yeah, because it's no one would do this for. Per There's no personal gain that he's gotten this. So he's either a tool of a cover up. Yeah. Of some kind, putting out a false narrative to try to distract from the truth, something like that. In or, some way, shape, or, or form. Or something, somebody telling something that is so exactly true that they can make him seem crazy so that you disregard. That could be another yeah. one. Or he was or, a dude who made a rocket car and they did not know what this thing was and they needed he's some also, help. He, or he's also a dude that had a lot of academic credentials and a promising career in science and Los Alamo labs and then has lost all of that. And it, 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 it basically destroyed his life. Mm -hmm. He's had to rebuild from scratch. And ironically enough, when he finally decided to open up again and cause I've watched the documentary about it and they're filming the documentary, the FBI raids his house or his business and house and takes all the paperwork and everything for something that, after they find out what it, they were looking for, which was like information for something he sold to somebody, mm -hmm. is something they normally like mail you a request for the documentation or like one person shows up and says, hey, we need this file, please. Yeah. And instead of just like taking everything out of his house and his yeah. business. Well, that's that's that threatening action. I mean, they did that to one yeah. of the Twitter files guys with the IRS showed up at his house. Oh, Matt and Taibbi. all the people. Yeah. Yeah. So the day he was testifying, 
Yeah, uh, the IRS it, showed up at his house for something that they never show up at your house for. Or, yeah. Like, you know, so that, that there's a history of, of that government intimidation. But but again, Bob Lazar is one of those people. So where were we? We were at – we went uh, – Roswell. Mexico. We get Roswell. Mexico. We get Area 51. You know, and then and then you've just got 50 years of people seeing things. And so let's let's talk about Crash Landrum for a second. Because John Schuessler actually yes. wrote a book about Cash Landrum. It's something that I read in high school, and I, I did a book report on it. It was really – but it's one of those it's one of those things where, like, I, I remember reading it, the book about it that, that he wrote. And there's the, the description of them putting – he reached for it and put their hands on the dashboard of the car, and their hand pushed into the plastic, and then the they pulled it out, and there was a, an imprinted handprint in the dash. The front dash. Yeah. And it goes on from it goes on that that within two days of the incident, the government came in and ripped out an entire mile of of the road and re and repaved it all. Yeah. They got rid of all of the evidence. Um, And this one, there was radiation and this one to me feels like the government experimenting with something because it's not a. It's not the traditional UFO or UAP description. They talk about mm-hmm. fire shooting out of the bottom of some kind of weird black diamond thing. Uh, yeah. And it's being escorted by like eight helicopters. And originally yeah. they thought it was a plane coming out of uh, Houston Intercontinental Airport. Right? So they thought it was a plane at first. And there was noise associated with this one. But both women got cancer. The kid um, who is now grown has had health issues his whole life. Yeah. Um, he doesn't really talk about it or, or go in and, and do much anymore. I probably wouldn't either. But um, it's, it's it's interesting. that I, I didn't think about that being a, a government experiment. I did hear someone recently. It was uh, Billy Carson and the disclosure guy whose name I can never remember. Um, Dr. Stephen Greer. Thank you, Dr. Stephen Greer. We're talking about. I want to say it was the Tic Tac video, mm-hmm. and they both. It was a. It was a recent stream that they were doing, and they were sort of talking about the 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 stuff that we've been talking about, and they they mentioned that one and went, but we know what that one was. That one skunk works, and yeah. I remember sort of having a moment of going, oh, I didn't know that we were dismissing, not in a bad way, but like I didn't know we were dismissing that one as actually ours. Like, wow, if that's actually hours that's that's crazy but i mean skunk works yeah. that's what they do that's the whole but i mean but that's what he that's what what yeah and, and what there's he's a lot of is that there's been a they're all in collusion with each other the government and lockheed and skunk works yeah. and all of them have this separate pocket government that they're doing their own thing and they don't report to anybody and there's no overhead yeah. and oversight and accountability and to, to be quite honest Dude, until we dropped bombs on Iraq the first time, people were seeing black, small black triangle things flying through the sky with like lights on it, and it was an F-117 or it was a B-2 bomber. I mean, this whole stealth program. Yeah. Um, and it blows me away that that and super advanced stuff. Like we've retired the F-117 fleet completely. You know. Because it's not cutting but, edge enough. But think about how many people were involved in those programs. And they kept it secret. And no one knew. Nobody talked. 
And yeah. that's the other critique I always hear is, well, there's no way they could ever keep it secret for that long. Well, we don't know who killed JFK. Still, we don't. We never found Jimmy Hoffa's body, right, to be perfectly honest. Um, some dude rob, uh, hijacked an airplane and jumped out of the back of it, and we never found him. Um, it was low-key. I saw that episode. Yeah. And the biggie for me, the Manhattan Project. Yeah. The government rounded up all the scientists. They got started in Chicago. They built a town in the desert where there was nothing else and moved all of them and their families there. And until the bomb dropped, nobody said a word. Not a word. So the idea that you can't compartmentalize and keep something quiet is outrageous. It, you just don't tell people. Yeah. And well, and I, I, I heard some – I don't – I want to say it was Crystal on Breaking Points that, I, that made the remark about it, how hard it would be to move stuff, how many people it would take to move something. And, and I understood what she was saying, but it only takes two or three people to wrap it in a tarp. Like it – once it's wrapped up white, and strapped, then – how many white unmarked 18 wheelers have you seen drive down the road? Yeah. You know, um, and, and here's the thing we know, we know nuclear material gets moved around the U S all the time. Yeah. Either for bombs being moved or more likely waste from nuclear reactors and stuff being taken to disposal sites. And they just don't tell anybody because, of obvious reasons, right? Right. Um, but it's not hard to so, move things. You put and, something and in a shipping people, crate. And some of the people that – the I bet the majority of the people that are moving nuclear material around are not aware of what they're moving. They're, they're there to cargo. I'm on guard. I who work, cares what cargo is? Like I, there's I two unloaded, dudes who are in charge of it who know what it is and nobody else has a clue. Yeah. I unloaded 18 wheelers. Um, for three and a half, four months, one summer uh, before I started college. And you know those shipping containers that come off the ship? Yeah. They didn't get opened until we cracked them at the warehouse. Like, the seals were there. So right. it went from the shipyard, somebody just signed for it and sent to us, and nobody had opened it up. You know, it's stuff to come all the way from China to us. Dead rats and all, and it never being open. So don't tell me you can't move stuff. It's yeah. not as hard as you think. Um, and so, that, so, that doesn't take into account any ways we don't know about how they might be able to move stuff. Yes. Like crazy rumors that there's this whole mass underground transit system that the government has built. And Don't tell me the government can't build an underground thing. Cheyenne Mountain's been there since the 60s. And they built you know, that we, one, and they built that. We looked it up. They built it half in public. Like people knew yeah. they were building parking lots, and that was there was going to be a national park, and they knew something was going on, but they didn't realize they were building a giant underground complex. You know? Yeah, we we built a giant military base and gutted a mountain to do it. Yeah, you know. So so let's let's slide a little bit over here, and I want to talk about sort of this this other idea of what is this and i think yeah. my big point is first off i don't care what it is 
like I'd be excited to find out whatever it is. It's but but there is definitely something flying around. I uh-huh. think some of them are probably ours. I think some of them are probably other countries. And I think some of them we don't know what they are. Yes. And on as far as the way we don't know what they are, I'm I'm willing to consider ET. I'm willing to consider time travelers. I, I, you know, extra dimensional beings, the fact that they move between air and water so easily, like, I mean, underwater civilization, I, I mean, it's civilization. crazy, but a human society that left and came back, you yeah. know, um, time dilation. And let there's another important thing we forgot to mention. It's not like we're unwilling to shoot them down. We know for a fact that when they were all over Washington, D.C. in the 50s, they were given shoot-down orders. And we know just recently after the Chinese spy balloon that, what, two or three UFOs, two UFOs got shot down by um, F-22s. And well, we found this stinking Chinese spy balloon within minutes, and we still have no idea. Yeah, we, were. I remember that they were hard to get to, and then they just sort of yeah. waited until people stopped paying stopped attention, asking. honestly. Yeah. And I think one group may have come out and said it was like an amateur radio balloon I heard there thing. was a Boy Scout thing that or got, something that shot got down lost. at some point, yeah. but I don't know if that um, was the – But we don't be, know what those were. We don't know. We don't know because yeah. they didn't find it, and they stopped looking really quick. Um but I'm but. I'm open to the wild the wildest stuff. Like I don't I don't really have any and, sort of. And I just want to read out the theories here real quick from this this book from uh, the it's it's Brad Steiger Alien Meetings original print 1978 and he lists out I'm not going to read the full description of them but he lists out the different hypotheses. The first one the extraterrestrial hypothesis, right? Yeah, uh, totally. The military secret hypothesis. Something we don't know about. Uh, the secret society hypothesis, which we haven't touched on at all. Uh, the program deceit and delusion hypothesis. This one's kind of interesting. Both the UFOs and their occupants are something similar to holographic projections or elaborate special effects created by some unknown agency for some uh, ulterior motive as yet undetermined. Right? Who yeah. knows? Uh, the unknown terrestrial life one, the, the it's here, like the Cerulean hypothesis, right? The dinosaurs evolved into intelligent beings, which I don't remember where I saw it once, but on some documentary they showed what potentially could have happened if like the raptors had kept developing. And oh, it basically yeah. looks like the reptoid. Yeah, and it was like a scientific what-if documentary. Um, uh, if the comets hadn't hit and wiped them all out, what they right. were would have or were were evolving toward which looked a lot like us but a reptile um the astronauts from atlantis hypothesis which isn't really atlantis but there was an ancient advanced civilization they saw something bad coming they got off planet and now they're coming back to see what's going on with the old homestead wally Uh, i've seen this movie the time traveler hypothesis uh other dimension hypothesis uh, the planetary poltergeist one is a little weird. It's a strange um, one. Yeah, the, the UFO occupants may be the result of some as yet unknown physical law that can at times activate or be activated by the unconscious mind. 
And it it's sounds not like necessarily ghosts, intelligent, but, yeah. but like we're projecting our own intelligence onto it. Um, and the protean psychoid hypothesis, and that's just a little weird. I'm not even going to get into that one. Uh, the psychic need that we need something to be happening so bad that mm -hmm. our innate psychic energy is making something manifest. Uh, oh, I'm going to ask you, I'm going to ask this question to you again, because I, I don't know the answer to this. I'm curious. I would love to talk to someone who has a Fantasia and has had a UFO experience yes. because I, we, I've been sort of that idea of like, well, what if it is a mental thing? Like not to say that it's not real, but to say that what if it requires some level of mental imagery creation to be able to, be able to perceive to the thing like yes I've, I've i've honestly had that thought multiple times before however just like i, I wonder if i can't see them because i can't the, the fact them. that you you effectively know you saw a ghost because you saw one once and you can't imagine it so right. if you were to see a ufo right you would actually be seeing a ufo so if yes, you have a fantasia please and you've seen I'm a ufo curious. or a uap or whatever please reach out to us we'd love yes. to talk to you Yes, because um, that that sort of gets around the your your brain made it up. If my brain doesn't make anything up, and I saw, I saw it, it, that means it was there. There, yeah, yeah. Then there's a couple other ones. The UFOs is archetypes, which is kind of a weird one. Um, my favorite one: extra extraterrestrial tricksters. So they're little green men from somewhere else, just screwing with us for the hell of it. Mr. Mickleplex. I'm 100% down with this plan. Then I love this one, the magic theater hypothesis, which is it's it's all the fey folk and all the stuff that's mythological that's really there, and this is how we're interpreting them now, and they're just making us think they're UFOs, which is straight out of the Dresden Files. And if you haven't read yeah, the Dresden is. Files, go read the Dresden Files by Jim Butcher. Um, so I'm going to stop you for a second. Okay. I, you got one more? Well, there's two more. The supernatural one, which is their god or angels or whatever. Uh, and then the reality game hypothesis that it's some kind of teaching game. Oh, the simula it's simulation theory. No, it's not simulation theory. This one is the aliens are trying to slowly grow us into a more evolved culture through limited oh, contact got it. type stuff. Got it, got it, got it. Okay. Yeah, computers weren't so advanced enough back then for them to think about. But that's why so I was, was sort of. That's why I was thinking. I, that's why I, yeah. I put it on top of that. I'm like, I, that sounds almost like yes, the the beginning of simul of the idea of simulation theory. Yeah. So I've been listening to I listened to Lex Friedman and the Concrete Podcast in the last two days, interviewing Diana Walsh, Pasolka, and she is a she wrote a book called American Cosmic that I just started about UFOs, religion, and technology. And basically she's proposing sort of along the same idea of all these things that what she's looking at is ancient reports of people seeing angels and demons and, you know, weird crap and comparing those to like the book you were just talking about with reports of people's things and, and seeing parallels between these two Things. So one person reports seeing an entity and the other person reports seeing the angel Gabriel and they're both described the same way. Like, mm -hmm. so maybe that, that that's that same thing of like, 
we put we live in a technological world so it's now a ufo they live yeah. in a non-technological world so it was an angel yeah um but that they've been here all along and that it's it's you know and then mm-hmm. it's fascinating the, phone, stuff that the most famous example of that is like the book of enoch a lot of people have yes. heard about and the 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 flaming circles within flaming circles being a ufo or the the flying flaming chariot and we haven't even talked about the indian scriptures uh, mm-hmm. Which read apparently read like a sci-fi novel, right? Yeah, I need to. Uh, I need so I. I also I, I met someone who got me into looking into Billy Carson and and the the the, ta- the Emerald Tablets of Thoth and all that kind of stuff and and that's a really. I mean, again, it's secondhand. Not it's so hard to to know what's legit, but it, again, it's that same sort of like aliens from another place and manipulation and genetics and it it feels very uh i i i think it was him talking about vibration people vibrating people are a function of vibration everything vibrates Mm -hmm. and that the thing that vibrates it's like people and then angels and then some i forget and then god's in there and i forget how but he's funny how everything comes back to harmonics right that the thing that vibrates the the purest and this is the truth. And when he said that, I had one, it made that rings true, made me, oh, okay. So it's a vibrational thing. But it's also one of those things where there have been a lot of moments recently as I've been sort of unpacking reality where you're like, oh, that sounds true. There's just something about when you hear it and it's, yeah. and you're like, yes. That's the thing that's true. That makes sense. And, and I think I want to. I think a, a good way to wrap this up and, and and something to end on is is Michio Kaku, who's a brilliant astrophysicist and physicist, um, has been in this world for a long time. I remember listening to him on Art Bell many times in the '90s, and he has said for decades, extraordinary claims require extraordinary proof. Give us something. It's on you, it's on you witnesses to give us something that we can work with. And now what he was asking for was, was measurable data, data, measurable data. And since the 2017 Tic Tac gimbal go fast videos, he has now said the burden of proof was on them, but they gave us what we, we have data and it doesn't make sense according to physics as we understand it. So it is now on us as the physicists to figure out what's going on and explain this data. You don't have to talk about little green men to agree something's in the air. We don't know what it is. Government in some way, shape or form has been lying to us about it. Maybe for a very good reason. But what do you think? Let us know. What do you think's going on?